The BFG by Roald Dahl. Chapter 8. Snozcumbers. But if you don't eat people like all the others, Sophie said, then what do you live on? That is a squelching, tricky problem around here, the BFG answered. In this slosh-flunking giant country, happy eats like pineapples and pigwinkles is simply not growing. Nothing is growing except for one extremely icky poo vegetable. It's called the snozcumber. The snozcumber, cried Sophie. There's no such thing. The BFG looked at Sophie and smiled, showing about 20 of his square white teeth. Yesterday, he said, we was not believing in giants, was we? Today, we is not believing in snozcumbers. Just because we happen not to have actually seen something with our own two little winkles, we think it's not existing. What about, for example, the great squizzly scotchhopper? I beg your pardon, Sophie said. And the humplecrimp. What's that? Sophie said. And the rap rascal? The what? Sophie said. And the crumpscottle? Are they animals? Sophie asked. They is common animals, the BFG said contemptuously. I is not a very know-all giant myself, but it seems to me that you is an absolutely know-nothing human being. Your brain is full of rotten wool. You mean cotton wool, Sophie said. What I mean and what I say is two different things, the BFG announced rather grandly. I will now show you a snozcumber. The BFG flung open a massive cupboard and took out the weirdest-looking thing Sophie had ever seen. It was about half as long, again, as an ordinary man, but was much thicker. It was as thick around its girth as a baby carriage. It was black with white stripes along its length. And it was covered all over with coarse nobbles. Here is the repulsant snozcumber, cried the BFG, waving it about. I snoggle it. I despise it. I despunge it. But because I is refusing to gobble up human beings like the other giants, I must spend my life guzzling up icky poo snozcumbers instead. If I don't, I will be nothing but skin and groans. You mean skin and bones, Sophie said. I know it is bones the BFG said, but please understand that I cannot be helping it if sometimes I is saying things a little squiggly. I is trying my very best all the time. The big friendly giant looked suddenly so forlorn that Sophie got quite upset. I'm sorry, she said. I didn't mean to be rude. There never was any schools to teach me talking in giant country, the BFG said sadly. But couldn't your mother have taught you? Sophie asked. My mother, cried the BFG, giants don't have mother. Surely you's knowing that. I did not know that, Sophie said. Who ever heard of a woman giant, shouted the BFG, waving the snozcumber around his head like a lasso. There never was a woman giant, and there never will be one. Giants is always men. Sophie felt herself getting a little muddled. In that case, she said, how were you born? Giants isn't born, the BFG answered. Giants appears, and that's all there is to it. They simply appears, the same way as the sun and the stars. And when did you appear? Sophie asked. Now, how on earth could I be knowing a thing like that? Said the BFG. It was so long ago that I couldn't count. You mean you don't even know how old you are? No giant is knowing that, the BFG said. 
All I has known about myself is that I is very old, very, very old and crumbly, perhaps as old as the earth. What happens when a giant dies? Sophie asked. Giants is never dying, the BFG answered. Sometimes and quite suddenly a giant is disappearing and nobody ever knowing where he goes, but mostly us giants is simply going on and on like whiffsy time twiddlers. The BFG was still holding the awesome snozcumber in his right hand, and now he put one end into his mouth and bit off a huge hunk of it. He started crunching it up, and the noise he made was like the crunching of lumps of ice. It's filthing, he spluttered, speaking with his mouth full and spraying large pieces of snozcumber like bullets in Sophie's direction. Sophie hopped around on the tabletop, ducking out of the way. It's disgusterous. The BFG gurgled. It's sickable. It's rotsome. It's maggot-wise. Try it yourself, this foulsome snozcumber. No, thank you, Sophie said, backing away. It's all you're going to be guzzling around here from now on, so you might as well get used to it, said the BFG. Go on, you snipsy little winkle. Have a go. Sophie took a nibble. Ugh, she spluttered. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, help. She spat it out quickly. It tastes of frog skin, she gasped, and rotten fish. Worse than that, cried the BFG, roaring with laughter. To me, it's tasting of clock coaches and slime wanglers. Do we really have to eat it, Sophie said? You do unless you is wanting to become so thin you will disappear into a thick ear. Into thin air, Sophie said. A thick ear is something quite different. Once again, that sad, winsome look came into the BFG's eyes. Words, he said, is oh such a twick twickling problem to me all my life. So you must simply try to be patient and stop squibbling. As I'm telling you before, I know exactly what words I'm wanting to say, but somehow or other they always get squiff-squiddled around. That happens to everyone, Sophie said. Not like it happens to me, the BFG said. I speak in the most terrible wigglish. I think you speak beautifully, Sophie said. You do? cried the BFG, suddenly brightening. You really do? Simply beautifully, Sophie repeated. Well, that's the nicest present anybody has ever given me in my whole life, cried the BFG. Are you sure you're not twiddling my leg? Of course not, Sophie said. I just love the way you talk. How wonder, Crump! cried the BFG, still beaming. How whoopsie splunkers, how absolutely squiffling, I is all of a stutter. Listen, Sophie said, we don't have to eat snozcumbers. In the fields around our village, there are all sorts of lovely vegetables like cauliflowers and carrots. Why don't you get some of those next time you go visiting? The BFG raised his great head proudly in the air. I is a very honorable giant, he said. I would rather be chewing up rotsome snozcumbers than snitching things from other people. You stole me, Sophie said. I did not steal you very much, the BFG said, smiling gently. After all, you was only a tiny little girl. Chapter 9 The Blood Bottler Suddenly, a tremendous thumping noise came from outside the cave entrance, and a voice like thunder shouted, Runt! Is you there, Runt? I was hearing you jabbling. Who is you jabbling to, Runt? Look out! cried the BFG. It's the blood bottler. But before he had finished speaking, the stone was rolled aside and a 50-foot giant more than twice as tall and wide as the BFG came striding into the cave. He was naked except for a piece of dirty little cloth around his bottom. 
Sophie was on the tabletop. The enormous partly eaten snozcumber was lying near her. She ducked behind it. The creature came clumping into the cave and stood towering over the BFG. Who was you jabbling to in here just now? He boomed. I was jabbling to myself, the BFG answered. Fizz! shouted the blood, blood bottler. Bug swallop, he boomed. You was talking to a human being, that's what I was thinking. No, no, cried the BFG. Yus, yus, boomed the blood bottler. I was guessing you had snitched away a human being and brought it back It brought it back to your bunghole as a pet. So now I is winkling it out and guzzling it as extra snacks before my supper. The poor BFG was very nervous. There's no, no one here, he stammered. Why don't you leave me alone? The blood bottlers pointed a finger as large as a tree trunk at the BFG. Runty little scrum screwer, he shouted. Piveling little swish figgler. Squimpy little bottle wart, prunty little pog swiller. I is now going to search the primroses. He grabbed the BFG by the arm, and you is going to help me. Us together is going to winkle out this tasteful little human being, he shouted. The BFG had intended to whisk Sophie off the table as soon as he got the chance and hide her behind his back, but now there was no hope of doing this. Sophie peered around the end of the the chewed-off end of the enormous snozcumber, watching the two giants as they moved away down the cave. The blood bottler was a gruesome sight. His skin was reddish-brown. There was black hair sprouting on his chest and arms and on his stomach. The hair on his head was long and dark and tangled. His foul face was round and squashy-looking. The eyes were tiny black holes. The nose was small and flat, but the mouth was huge. It spread right across the face, almost ear to ear, and it had lips that were like two gigantic purple frankfurters lying one on top of the other. Craggy yellow teeth stuck out between the two purple frankfurter lips, and rivers of spit ran down over the chin. It was not in the least difficult to believe that this ghastly brute ate men, women, and children every night. The blood bottler, still holding the BFG by the arm, was examining the rows and rows of bottles. You and your pibbling bottles, he shouted. What is you putting in them? Nothing that would interest you, the BFG answered. You was only interested in guzzling human beings. And you as dotty as a dog's woggler, cried the blood bottler. Soon the blood bottler would be coming back, Sophie told herself, and he was bound to search the tabletop. But she couldn't possibly jump off the table. It was twelve feet high. She'd break a leg. The snozcomber, although as thick as a baby carriage, was not going to hide her if the blood bottler picked it up. She examined the chewed off end. It had large seeds in the middle, each as big as a melon. They were embedded in a soft, slimy stuff. Taking care to stay out of sight, Sophie reached forward and scooped away half a dozen of those seeds. This left a hole in the middle of the snozcumber large enough for her to crouch in so long as she rolled herself up into a ball. She crawled in. It was wet and a slimy hiding place. But what did that matter if it was going to save her from being eaten? The blood bottler and the BFG were coming back towards the table. The BFG was nearly fainting with fear any moment he was telling himself Sophie would be discovered and eaten. Suddenly, the blood bottler grabbed the half-eaten snozcumber. The BFG stared at the bare table. Sophie, where is you? He thought desperately. You cannot possibly be jumping on off that high table, so where is you hiding, Sophie? 
So this is the filthing, rotsome glubbage you is eating, boomed the blood bottler, holding up the partly eaten snozcumber. You must be cockles to be guzzling such rub squash. For a moment, the blood bottler seemed to have forgotten about his search for Sophie. The BFG decided to lead him further off the track. That is the scrum diddly umptious snozcumber, he said, eyes guzzling it gleefully every night and day. Is you never trying a snozcumber, blood bottler? Human beans is juicier, the blood bottler said. You is talking Rami tot, the BFG said, growing braver by the second. He was thinking that if only he could get the blood bottler to take one bite of the repulsive vegetable, the sheer foulness of its flavor would send him bellowing out of the cave. I is happy to let you sample it, the BFG went on, but please, when you see how truly glumptious it is, do not be guzzling the whole thing. Leave me a little snitchet for my supper. The blood bottler stared suspiciously with small piggy eyes at the snozcumber. Sophie, crouching inside the chewed-off end, began to tremble all, tremble all over. "'You is not switch-fiddling me, is you?' said the blood bottler. "'Never!' cried the BFG passionately. "'Take a bite, and I'm positive you will be shouting out, "'Oh, how scrum-diddly-umptious this wonder-veg is!' The BFG could see the greedy blood bottler's mouth beginning to water more than ever at the prospect of extra food. Vegetables is very good for you, he went on. It is not healthsome always to be eating meaty things. Just this once, the blood bottler said, I's going to taste these rotsome eats of yours, but I's warning you that if it is filthsome, I is smashing it over your sludgy little head. He picked up the snozcumber. He began raising it on its long journey to his mouth some 50 feet up in the air. Sophie wanted to scream, don't, but that would have been an even more certain death. Crouching among the slimy seeds, she felt herself being lifted up and up and up. Suddenly there was a crunch as the blood bottler spit a huge hunk off the end. Sophie saw his yellow teeth clamping together a few inches from her head. Then there was utter darkness. She was in his mouth. It stank of bad meat. She waited for the teeth to go crunch once more. She prayed that she would be killed quickly. Ugh! roared the blood bottler. Ugh! Ugh! And then he spat. All of the great lumps of snozcumber that were in his mouth, as well as Sophie herself, went shooting across the cave. If Sophie had struck the stony wall of the cave, she most certainly would have been killed. Instead, she hit the soft folds of the BFG's black cloak hanging against the wall. She dropped to the ground, half-stunned. She crawled under the hem of the cloak, and there she crouched. "'You little swine bugger!' roared the blood bottler. "'You little pig sweller!' He rushed at the BFG and smashed what was left of the snozcumber over his head. Fragments of the filthy vegetable splashed all over the cave. "'You is not loving it?' the BFG asked, innocently rubbing his head. "'Loving it!' cried the blood bottler. "'That is the most disgusterous taste that is ever touching my teeth!' You must be buggles to be swalloping sluts like that. Every night you could be galloping off, happy as a hamburger and gobbling juicy human beans. Eating human beans is wrong and evil, the BFG said. It is guzzly and glumptious, shouted the blood bottler. And tonight I is galloping off to Chile to swabble a few human chili beans. Is you wishing to know why I is choosing chili? 
I's not wishing to know anything, the BFG said, very dignified. I is choosing chili, the blood bottler said, because I is fed up with the taste of Eskimos. It is important I has plenty of cold eats in this scuttling hot weather, and the next coldest thing to an Eskimo is a chili bean. Human beans from chili is very chili. Horrible, the BFG said. You ought to be ashamed. Other giants is all saying they is wanting to gallop off to England tonight to guzzle school chiddlers. The blood bottler said, I is very fond indeed of English school chitlers. They have a nice inky boot booky flavor. Perhaps I will change my mind and go to England with them. You is disgusting, the BFG said. And you is an insult to the giant peoples, shouted the blood bottler. You is not fit to be a giant. You is a squeaky little squiddler. You is a pibbling little pit squeak. You is a cream puff nut. With that, the horrible blood-bottling giant strode out of the cave. The BFG ran to the cave entrance and quickly rolled the stone back into place. Sophie, he whispered, Sophie, where is you? Sophie? Sophie emerged from under the hem of the black cloak. I'm here, she said. The BFG picked her up and held her tenderly in the palm of his hand. Oh, I am so happy to be finding you all in one lump, he said. I was in his mouth, Sophie said. You was what? cried the BFG. Sophie told him what happened, and there I was telling him to eat that filsome snaw's cumber, and you was inside all the time, the BFG cried. Not much fun, Sophie said. Just look at you, you poor little chiddler, cried the BFG. You was all covered in snaw's cumber and giant spit. He set about cleaning her up as best he could. I is hating those other giants more now than ever, he said. You know what I should like? What, Sophie said. I should like to find a way of disappearing them, every single one. I'd be glad to help you, Sophie said. Let me see if I can't think up a way of doing that. Chapter 10, Frobscottle and Whiz Poppers. By now, Sophie was beginning to feel not only extremely hungry, but thirsty as well. Had she been at home, she would have finished her breakfast long ago. Are you sure there's nothing else to eat here except those disgusting, smelly snozcumbers? she asked. Not even a fizzwinkle, answered the big, friendly giant. In that case, may I please have a little water, she said. Water, said the BFG, frowning mightily. What is water? We drink it, Sophie said. What do you drink? Frobscottle, announced the BFG. All giants is drinking frobscottle. Is it as nasty as your snozcumbers? Sophie asked. Nasty, cried the BFG. Never is it nasty. Frobscottle is sweet and jubbly. He got up from his chair and went to his second huge cupboard. He opened it and took out a glass bottle that must have been at least six feet tall. The liquid inside was a pale green and the bottle was half full. Here is Frobscottle, he cried, holding the bottle up proud and high as though it contained some rare wine. Delumptious fizzy Frobscottle, he shouted. He gave it a shake and the green stuff began to fizz like mad. But look, it's fizzing the wrong way, Sophie cried, and indeed it was. The bubbles, instead of traveling upwards and bursting on the surface, were shooting downwards and bursting at the bottom. A pale green frothy fizz was forming at the bottom of the bottle. What on earth is you meaning the wrong way, cried the BFG. In our fizzy drink, Sophie said, the, buzzle, the bubbles always go up and burst at the top. Upwards is the wrong way, cried the BFG. You mustn't ever be having the bubbles go upwards. That is the most flush-bunking rubbish I ever is hearing. Why do you say that? Sophie asked. 
You was asking me why? cried the BFG, waving the enormous bottle around as though he were conducting an orchestra. You was actually meaning to tell me you cannot see why it is a scrawny mistake to have bubbles flying up instead of down? You said it was flush bunking. Now you say it's scrotty. Which is it? Sophie asked politely. Both, cried the BFG. It is flush bunking and a scrotty mistake to let bubbles go upwards. If you can't see why, you must be as quacky as a duck hound. By Ringle, your head must be so full of frog squinkers and buzz wangles. I is frittered if I know how you can think at all. But why shouldn't the bubbles go up? Sophie asked. I will explain, said the BFG. But tell me first what your name is you calling your frog scottle by? One is Coke, Sophie said. Another is Pepsi. There are lots of them. And all the bubbles, all is going up? They all go up, Sophie said. Catastrophe, cried the BFG. Upgoing bubbles is a catastrophe disasterphobe. Will you please tell me why, Sophie said. If you will listen carefully, I will try to explain, said the BFG. But your brain is so full of bug whiffles, I doubt you'll ever understand. I'll do my best, Sophie said patiently. Very well, then. When you was drinking this cokey drink of yours, said the BFG, it is going straight down into your tummy. Is that right or is that left? It's right, Sophie said. And the bubbles is going also into your tummy, right or left? Right again, Sophie said. And the bubbles is fizzing upwards? Of course, Sophie said. Which means, said the BFG, that they will all come swish-whiffling up your throat and out your mouth and make a foulsome belchy burp. That is often true, Sophie said, but what's wrong with a little burp now and again? It's sort of fun. Burping is filthsome, said the BFG. Us giants is never doing it. But with your drink, Sophie said, what was it you called it? Frobscottle, said the BFG. With frobscottle, Sophie said, the bubbles in your tummy will be going downwards and that could have a far nastier result. Why nasty, said the BFG frowning. Because, Sophie said, blushing a little, if they go down instead of up... They'll be coming out somewhere else even louder and ruder. A whiz-popper, cried the BFG beaming at her. Us giants is making whiz-poppers all the time. Whiz-popping is a sign of happiness. It is music to our ears. You surely is not telling me that a little whiz-popping is forbidden among human beings. It is considered extremely rude, Sophie said. But you is whiz-popping, is you not, now and again? asked the BFG. Everyone is whiz-popping, if that's what you call it, Sophie said. Kings and queens are whiz-popping. Presidents are whiz-popping. Glamorous film stars are whiz-popping. Little babies are whiz-popping. But where I come from, it is not polite to talk about it. Ridunculous, said the BFG. If everyone is making whiz-poppers, then why not talk about it? We is now having a swiggle of this delicious frobscottle, and you will see the happy result. BFG shook the bottle vigorously. The pale green stuff fizzled fizzed and bubbled. He removed the cork and took a tremendous gurgling swig. It's glummy, he cried. I love it. For a few moments, the big friendly giant stood quite still, and then a look of absolute ecstasy began to spread over his long wrinkly face. Then suddenly the heavens opened and he let fly with a series of the loudest and rudest noises Sophie had ever heard in her life. They were birded around the walls of the cave like thunder, and the glass jars rattled on their shelves. But most astonishing of all, the force of the explosions actually lifted the enormous giant clear off his feet like a rocket. Whoopee! he cried when he came down to earth again. Now that is whiz-popping for you.
Sophie burst out laughing. She couldn't help it. Have some yourself, cried the BFG, tipping the neck of the enormous bottle toward her. Don't you have a cup? Sophie said. No cups, only bottle. Sophie opened her mouth and very gently the BFG tipped the bottle forward and poured some of the fabulous frobscottle down her throat. Oh gosh, how delicious it was. It was sweet and refreshing. It tasted of vanilla and cream with just the faintest trace of raspberries on the edge of the flavor, and the bubbles were wonderful. Sophie could actually feel them bouncing and bursting all around her tummy. It was an amazing sensation. It felt as though hundreds of tiny people were dancing a jig inside her and tickling her with their toes. It was lovely. It's lovely, she cried. Just wait, said the BFG, flapping his ears. Sophie could feel the bubbles traveling lower and lower down her tummy, and then suddenly, inevitably, the explosion came. The trumpet sounded, and she too made the walls of the cavern ring with the sound of music and thunder. Bravo! shouted the BFG, waving the bottle. You is very good for a beginner. Let's have some more.